Welcome to Revenue Rehab, your one-stop destination for collective solutions to the biggest challenges faced by marketing leaders today. Now head on over to the couch, make yourself comfortable, and get ready to change the way you approach revenue. Leading your recovery is modern marketer, author, speaker, and chief operating officer at Tegrita, Brandy Starr. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Revenue Rehab. I am your host, Brandy Starr. We have an amazing episode for you today. I am joined by Avnita Gulati. Avnita is the Senior Director, Global Marketing Operations and Strategy at Visa. Avnita is a B2B growth marketing leader with experience leading go-to-marketing strategy, demand generation, product marketing, and marketing analytics for the enterprise SaaS businesses. She is a change agent leading the team to leverage data, technology, and analytics to deliver integrated marketing programs that drive revenue growth for enterprise sales. Avnita, welcome to Revenue Rehab. Your session begins now. I'm so excited to be here, Brandy. Thanks for having me. I am excited to have you. Um, I, I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Um, but before we jump in, I like to break the ice with a little woo moment that I call buzzword banishment. So tell me the buzzword that you would like to get rid of forever. All right. Well, my favorite is technology is broken. I hear it very often. I've heard it been on the receiving end of it as managing marketing operations, have said it when I'm in demand, I was in demand gen and continue to manage those teams. It's like technology is broken. And gosh, I roll my eyes and I'm like, I don't know if it's a technology. So I don't know if that resonates with you. Definitely resonates with me as a technologist and a consultant. I definitely hear that all the time. We have people come to us. We're like, we need you to fix our technology. The technology is broken. And then I get in there and it's like, well, is it really the tech or the process you have in place or the way you set up the tech? Um, so yes, I am with you on that one. I, and I am happy to put that in the box and not let technology be the scapegoat for what's not working in marketing. There you go. Perfect. Um, so now that we've gotten that off our chest, we will not talk about any broken technology today. Tell me what brings you to Revenue Rehab. So I'm really excited to chat with you about a topic that's my favorite, um, which is about how do we celebrate wins across the teams, organization, cross-functional teams that we work with. I think it's a concept that's often forgotten. We all get into the details of our everyday uh, projects, deliverables, uh, deadlines, and what I've been encouraging within my teams is to really talk about the wins, the wins that get us together and create a culture of, of celebration than just getting status updates. So that's what I'm here to talk to you about. And it's one of the topics that I'm very passionate about and I'd love to share some insights. That's awesome. I had the pleasure in episode eight, for those who have not listened to it yet, to talk to Maya Hurst. And we talked a lot about growing a team and being able to pour into your employees. And I think this conversation becomes an extension of that because 
Celebrating the small wins is a key part of how you grow and support your team. Um, so I believe in setting intentions. I think it gives us focus. It gives us purpose. And most important, it helps the Revenue Rehab audience to know what to expect from our discussion. So what would you like to be different after our session or what would be, um, what are your expectations? What should people expect from our discussion? Well, I love that idea of being intentional. Love it. Awesome. So I think one of the things that I've learned over time is just to ask the question, whether you are in your existing company or planning to join a new team, a new company, to ask the question, what is the culture here, right? How do you celebrate wins? How do you celebrate success? And I would encourage for listeners um, to do that going forward as part of your annual review discussion, as part of your mid-year conversation with your boss, like how are we celebrating together? What are we celebrating? What do we quantify as wins? And if it is something that has not been framed or put together in a way that's understood, I would say just own it and have a proposal to take to your manager and say, can we frame wins in this way? And I have some categories that I go off of that I can mention as part of our conversation here. So some things to kind of frame your wins around will just define it for everybody across the team. So ask the question. And if you don't get an answer, try to own it and create a culture of celebrating wins. Awesome. And you talked a lot about culture. You know, one of the buzzwords that is big right now is the great resignation. And, you know, everyone knows the statistics around how many people are leaving organizations. And a lot of people are leaving roles for higher salaries. But in addition to seeking more money, most people are really looking for a better work culture. Um, better work conditions. And so what role do you think that team culture plays in employee, employee satisfaction and retention? It plays a, plays a huge role. Uh, I think that is kind of where my conversation is going here is that it's so critical. And in fact, I don't know if others have noticed, but I'm seeing a ton of content coming out on social channels, on communication, community forums, um, just dialogue about what is the culture of the company, right? So, and when you go work in an environment and more so now with hybrid and remote working situation, you're looking for what is, that, what is the thing that connects you with the team? Whether you're on a video call or a phone conversation or going to office for two days, you just need that connection that, that runs across deeper than the projects and deliverables. And it's so critical to understand that and to, be able to align with that. So mm -hmm. as part of uh, when you're talking about what do you, how do you define that and how do you collaborate in that, I think you play a very active role as an individual and and be able to contribute to it. So you're not just a, you know, uh, somebody standing on the sidelines just watching it happen. You It's ingrained in part of your, part of your team, part of your company, and you become you take an active participation in defining it and being uh, and participating actively. Okay, and it, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I was just in a Slack conversation uh, the other day, and it was talking about culture red flags um, because mm -hmm. the person was asking. It was their goal to try to attract more diversity in their applicant pool, 
And, you know, they were asking for advice on, you know, what do I do to try and get more applicants of diverse backgrounds? And someone had shared a thread that was from LinkedIn that were all of these culture red flags um, that people picked up on um, around, you know, things that were clear that everyone there was overworked, things that were clear that you know, their opinions weren't valued. And like all of these things that people are really starting to pick up on. And, you know, because the market is the way that it is, and it's such an employee's market, people have a lot more choice. Those culture things really are showing up as the big difference around companies that people want to work for and companies that they are clearly trying to avoid. That's a really good point because I was just talking to a peer similar to the conversation you're having on Slack. And um, the person mentioned that 50% of the questions or dialogue that he has with new hires is around the leadership style, the team culture. And I don't think that was the case a few years ago. It was either people thought that the applicants knew about it from somewhere. They found out about it. But I really appreciated how this peer articulated that he owned it. He went in there with the con- with the conversation, starting with, here's my leadership style. It's documented. It's very well written. It covers different areas of, you know, whether it's strengths finder, whether it's uh, any kind of third-party evaluation or his style of communication, his style of uh, managing a team, keeping an open-door policy, having a culture of, people participating more actively. So it just goes to show it's very clear that what the expectations are, right? And and yeah. you can either agree to it or disagree, align with it or not, but at least you have that option, that opportunity. It's not in the gray area. It's not written somewhere that you read or somebody told you. The person hiring you or having that dialogue with you is telling you up front and they've written it down and documented it, meaning they've spent the time, they invested the time to communicate very clearly what the expectations are. And it just makes for such a better conversation than the applicant assuming, knowing from somewhere what the what the culture is. It's better to have that conversation up front. And some people don't even feel comfortable asking the question. So if the if the person that is hiring just opens it up that way, it just makes you so comfortable that you're not just hiring for the role, you're hiring this person for the team. Yes. And I equate that kind of, if you think about, I love dating analogies, you know, as a consultant, you use tons of analogies. But if you think about dating, like no one person and who they are is right or wrong. They're just either a fit or a not fit for you. And it's the same kind of thing. Whatever someone's leadership style is, it's not necessarily that that style is good or bad or right or wrong. It's does that candidate align with your style, the team culture, you know, the way that you work, because there are some people who thrive in like those truly fast paced, always changing, you know, never know what a day is going to look like kind of environments. And for many people, that kind of thing is like, woo, like red flag, don't want to do that. And, you know, likewise, there are some people who like really routine and, you know, I have my set, this is how my team operates. This is my swim lane. And for other people, they're like, oh, that sounds boring. Um, so that that I really like that in not waiting for the question, but really to be upfront around, here's what you're getting. Because 
the role itself is usually pretty self-explanatory. Like you're applying for something in most cases, similar to what you're currently doing or what you've done in the past, you know, probably with a little bit of a stretch, but every organization culture is so different. And every leader, because, you know, you can have one department where the whole team's really happy based on that leader's style and a whole different department where everybody hates the company. Um, and so really like being upfront with that helps to get the right people in the right teams and in the right roles. Yeah. And that, those are the reasons why we do all these kind of different assessments, right? You know, your style, you know, you have a working style and especially as you go up in your um, management, the more clarity you have, whether you align or not upfront. I don't remember having those conversations way back when I started it was like yeah. you have a job, you join and you kind of do what you do and you follow orders and then you get better and better in your role. And it is so liberating to be able to have those conversations of alignment up front. And like you said, there is no right or wrong. There's just that alignment. And once yeah. you have that, you know, you're set up for success. You know, success will come like, you know, uh, case in point, if you're a direct person, you want to be straightforward and you know that up front that you'll have that opportunity to speak your mind. Perfect, liberating, right? If yeah. you're an introvert and you want, you like a certain style of an autonomy, or here's a way of communicating that you prefer, and you have the option to uh, be that way and expand your career in that frame of continuing to be an introvert or an extrovert, either way, it just makes you more comfortable. It just gets you that quick connection back to the company, back to the management that you otherwise might be just assuming, guessing, especially with hybrid and remote working situation, you always like, you have somebody of FOMO, what am I missing yeah. out on? <laughs> What's going on that I don't know? And having that alignment just says, you know what? I know what I need to know. And I think the rest of it is working fabulously well because I have that alignment. Um, that that Yeah, that is such a beautiful thing. I wanna shift gears a little bit and talk about the small wins. I know just from being connected to you that you've done some things um, recently and also in the past in your career to help your teams really be able to celebrate their small wins. And I know that is something that is always big for me uh, is, you know, not necessarily looking for the big things, but just one of those little moments like that we can hold on to that's a small win. So tell me about what you've done. What's been your experience with, you know, trying to pull that out of people and to, to bring that into a part of your leadership style and culture? Yeah, so what I promote is when we have team meetings uh, and had in the past, uh, just always asking the question, start with what are your wins? Personally, professionally, I think it humanizes the conversation. It starts with a positive note. I'm a glass half full kind of gal. So I'm always like, what's the positive here? We'll look at metrics, we'll look at, what we accomplished, uh, you know, tactics, checklist, alignment with sales and all the marketing stuff. We'll talk about it in a minute, but let's talk about, go around the room. Let's talk about what your win was. And it could be with somebody outside of marketing, within marketing, small win, big win, um, and, and frame it around, was it communication? What was it uh, collaboration with another team? Was it alignment? Just like just to get, kind of give them some kind of framework to go off of, I'm looking for those kind of wins that they can that are tangible, 
and people around the room can relate to and take away from and just say, oh, well, that's that's beautiful. How do you how did you achieve that? How do you overcome that? I mean, sometimes, you know, you're in that situation where just as an example of a win is that you're in a conversation and somebody says, you know what, just hold on a minute. Let me just complete my thought. And you kind of you felt like you feel like you've been kind of stopped in your in your shoes to just take a moment and you feel a bit offended, but a win there could be, it just gave me a moment to reflect, to just kind of take a step back and think about what was going on. What's the reading in the room here? Let me just yes. kind of get a pulse on. There might be a reason why I need to be quiet for a minute and just listen to what's going on. And I think it's, it's, a, it's one of those moments where you think you were kind of asked to stay quiet, but if you look at the other way around, it is an opportunity for you to celebrate that win to say thank you thank you for giving me that moment because i was really not picking up on what was going on in in the room and at the end of the day it was a benefit so i just look for people to articulate that pull that out otherwise i think there's so much of uh, again in a remote and hybrid environment that opportunity of thinking things are going differently where they could be going very positively so i just i just encourage them I just try to pull out the wins. And I think it's created a lot of positivity in the team and that and that connection amongst each other to say, oh, I see you, I, I hear you. I, I see the kind of personality you are. You you kind of turn it around as a win and, and you, you're positive about that, which is a great thing just as, as a working environment. Yeah, and you know, I even think about the benefit of doing that for the collective group I know just a few weeks ago, I was having just a really rough day. Like it was just one of those, if I had my way, I'd have just got back in the bed and pulled my covers over my head kind of days. Oh, one of those. I had to do a strategy call with a client. And there were three people from our team, including me, and four people from the client. And, you know, strategy work is thinking work. Like you kind of, you know, you got to get into that rhythm and that, that groove and, I mean, it was just like the last thing I wanted to do was think in that moment. And I was like, okay, I got to pull it together because, you know, we got to push through. And I got on the call and I just was real transparent. And I was like, look, it has been a rough day. I was like, let's start the agenda with everybody. Give me your small wins. Like I need something to celebrate with you today. And because that day I just was not like, I didn't have any wins like that. It just felt like the world was crashing. And some of the wins that people shared were like professional wins. Some of them were, you know, things as simple as I actually ate lunch today, Uh, you know, and it was like everybody shared just whatever they can, you know, and I had put them on the spot. Nobody expected it. Uh, And everybody pulled something out and just hearing all of the wins, great to small that people had to say completely changed my mood in that moment. And that was one of those, like, it was like around that same time that I actually saw your post about what you had done. And I was like, I got to talk about this. I'm like, because this is so impactful because we accomplished so much in that call that probably would not have happened had I not been able to like really pull myself out of that negative place. And so I know you mentioned at the beginning that you have your categories of wins. Um, So I definitely want to hear that, uh, you know, so that we all, as we try to celebrate wins, we can think about them the way that you do. I'm going to take out my notepad now (laughs) to reference something here. Um, 
while you were talking just made me think of another um, kind of reason why we celebrate wins is just the global perspective, right? Just so much talking, going back to the diversity piece, right? There is culturally and globally, people celebrate wins differently. So I feel like for everybody to have that exposure of what win looks like in a different country, in a different region, like we know we talk about Latin America, Asia Pacific, North America and whatnot, so different region, different points of view, just again, humanizes it and provides that perspective. Because what you might take for granted might be a huge win, like to your point, I ate lunch today. Well, okay, <laughs> you know, but for, for somebody to take out that time to do that in a day, and that's not a good example of a region situation, but just saying that it just um, gives you that perspective to say, that's so interesting. Um, yeah. It pulls out from your personal life, from your personal experiences. Okay, so going back to the categories. So um, I think I, I mentioned it in, in uh, just what we were talking about a little bit earlier is um, the categories are communications. Like, did you have a win in communications? And uh, one of them was like the way I was explaining, you turned a conversation around, you sent out something that was misunderstood in a meeting that you communicated differently through a different channel that you were really able to overcome the confusion or that negative feeling. So it was a win. You brought people together that might have been having these siloed discussions and you brought it all together in some kind of a recap. So is it communications led? Um, is it collaboration that you were hearing different things and, and people were trying to lead different people in different direction? And then you were able to pull that from a collaboration standpoint and say, okay, let's just collaborate on this. Looks like everybody has great ideas. We'll just kind of get in a room and collaborate and come up with one point of view that we can all get behind. So was it a collaboration thing that you led with? And then the third one is alignment. Did you drive alignment when there was misalignment against the business strategy, the metrics, like people were having different ideas and whose idea is going to win in the room, right? So how do you drive that alignment? How do you take it back to what was the, the main objective, right? How Whatever there's main objective, main goal, business impact, or whatever project uh, that you're leading and it's so hard to do when you have different stakeholders up and down the level and you're in a meeting and the dynamic is so challenging. How do you drive alignment? And it's those soft things, right, that are the hardest to accomplish. Like you said, uh, the role is very clear in a job description. The project outline is very clear. It's these soft things that throw you off. So if you can bring that alignment, collaboration, communication, I think those are the three categories I go off of. Those are my personal favorite. And like, like I said, those are tangible. They're very tangible, something that others can relate to and take away. And that's kind of one of the outcomes of sharing this is taking away to my job, what I do. If I can learn from somebody else's experiences, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. I was in a similar situation the other day. I could have just done that. That's beautiful, yeah. right? And global perspective on top of that is, is just icing on the cake. Yeah, and I really like communication as a win to celebrate. Because if you think about conflict and where conflict exists, whether in the office or even in our personal lives, a lot of times that conflict comes from lack of communication, miscommunication, you know, misunderstanding of communication. And where you can actually recognize even something as simple as the example that you gave where I paused for a moment 
to absorb. Like I paused before I reacted or I took the time to understand someone else's perspective or even communicating how what someone else is saying is making you feel, you know, to be able to say, you know, I'm reacting to this or the words that you're using are making me feel this way. Like being able to address that is such a huge win, even though it's seemingly small, because it removes all the friction. When we can communicate effectively together, it takes out all the friction in whatever we're trying to do and does lead to that collaboration, that alignment. Um, and I never really thought about communication as a place where you get wins. Um, but that is like huge. Like that's my like ha moment uh, in that. Um, so as you have started doing this and spending more time being purposeful in celebrating wins with the team, what outcomes have you seen in, you know, your team dynamic? Yeah, it's got to some great results. I think just personally, uh, it's got people more connected. It's got people to understand where each of us are coming from, what our perspective is when it gets, when it comes time for crisis or what, where you can go to look for that friend that you want to talk to when you have a, when you have a certain issue, you can, you have a reference point because you don't hear about these wins, these perspectives on a daily basis. You are more project-based conversations. You get in the meeting, you check the list, you're kind of going about what have we accomplished? What are we trying to do? What timelines? But you don't have those soft conversations or uh, conversations around culture and uh, different perspectives about outside of projects. So I think it's created those relationships the, the friend I can call when I need help in certain areas and challenges that I'm running into outside of just tactical work. It's created that. It's created that, um, yeah, just, just cohesive relationships and uh, appreciation for perspective. Um, that that is And that's so important. Like when you've got a cohesive team, that really helps with retention because people feel that connection and, you know, you want to you wanna be a part of something. Um, so talking about our challenges is just the first step. And nothing changes if nothing changes. So we have to do the work. And in traditional therapy, the therapist gives the client some homework. But here at Revenue Rehab, we like to flip that on its head. And I would like you to give us some homework. And so I'd like to ask you in celebrating the the small wins what are your key takeaways um and what is that one thing that you want everyone to do after listening to this episode i love that that's that's great i love the homework <laughs> <laughs> so i think what i would encourage everybody to do is document it right document your wins um whether it's on a weekly basis and make that your part of your communication whether if you're part of any kind of recap at the team level, at the leadership level that happens on a weekly basis, monthly basis, just add those wins to the start of that, right? So document it, start to communicate that going forward in any kind of a recap that happens so everybody can see it and understand it and know that you're leading with that conversation and then make it part of your culture. And as I was saying in the beginning, own it. If there is no framework around wins, 
and celebrating wins, I would just have that conversation with your leader and try to ask if we can start that as a, you know, part of a quarterly business review, monthly business review. So just, um, and, and use the framework I was mentioning earlier to say, let's just put in these three categories and let's start talking about, it. let's start asking people and um, kind of even highlighting champions, you know, so give it a word, like call it, a, you're the champion, you're the champions, right? Put some kind of a title if that helps people. Like I remember employee of the month, right? So <laughs> taking that same idea, everyone wants to be a champion. Everyone wants to be a winner. You are, you know, you're celebrated this month for these reasons. So if you can put some framework around it, I would encourage folks to do that and put it in a framework that everybody understands and can align to. But, but because if people don't have a framework to go off of, it can just go off on a tangent, right? So it's good to put a framework together, document it and start communicating it. I love that. So our one takeaway, our action item for everyone listening is to start the process, document how you can incorporate celebrating the small wins into your team structure and where that can fit so that we can make sure that everyone is really a champion and highlighting where they are winning. Because I think we can all learn from one another in terms of where we struggled and where we won. Um, so that that is a great takeaway. I am I'm already my wheels are spinning of how I can start to incorporate this here. So I get a new action item for our team every week with every episode. Uh, so we have a to-do list of things that I have learned from Revenue Rehab. There you go. I love it. Um, well, Avnita, I have enjoyed our discussion, but that's our time for today. Thank you so much for joining me. And thanks everyone for joining us today. I hope that you have enjoyed our conversation with Avnita. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I can't believe that we're at the end already. Thanks for everyone and see you next time. You've been listening to Revenue Rehab with your host, Brandy Starr. Your session is now over, but the learning has just begun. Join our mailing list and catch up on all our shows at RevenueRehab.live. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at Revenue Rehab. This concludes this week's session. We'll see you next week.